For me, it's, I'm going to say it's one of the singularly best things that we've done for ourselves as a couple is provided me and us with a focus. We both know how have a sense of where we are going together and an actual plan for how we're going to get there. That feels awesome. And to see the rapid success that we've had in most of the areas that we set for this year, not the least of which is financially, gives me a lot of enthusiasm to keep going with the process. This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. I remember hearing Gary Keller say, you can be anywhere you want in the next five years. When you think about the things that you want out of life, the fulfillment, having clarity and living your purpose, the financial success that you'd like, the career progression, the relationships that you would like to have, everything you could possibly want, according to Gary, you can have in the next five years. The question is, where were you five years ago? What were the things that you really wanted out of life five years ago? And do you have them today? For many people, that answer is no. So if you can be anywhere you want in five years, why today are so many of us not where we want to be? That's because so often we don't know the proper way to set our goals. We don't know how to convert our goals into a plan that we can accomplish. And we don't have tools so that we have accountability so we can build a real relationship with our goals and make the progress that we're looking to make. This is why we created the One Thing Couples Goal Setting Retreat. The conversation you are going to hear today is with two people who attended our One Thing Couples Goal Setting Retreat last year. Both of them are in the, quote, retirement stage of their life. Uh, Carol Stack, who is the wife, is already retired from a very successful career in the education industry. And her husband, John Schumacher, still works today as a regional director inside of Keller Williams. Both of them have been your perennial goal setters. They've always done it, yet they never did it together. And something changed last year when they went on their couple's goal setting retreat and really gained insight into what each other wanted and how they could support each other better and bring accountability into their relationship. As you go through this episode, if you find yourself thinking, I want these results. I want this to be our story. I want to bring this into my relationship. Whether that be with a significant other, a business partner, your team, your boss, your friends, then you've got three options. The first, we created a kick-ass guide to your couple's goal-setting retreat. This is free. You can download it by going to theonething.com. That's with the number one in the URL. Click on the free stuff tab and you will see it right there. It's a high-level overview of what this retreat looks like. For those of you that want the best that we have to offer, we're going to invite you to join us here in Austin for the One Thing Couples Goal Setting Retreat. We facilitate this once a year, live in person, Jay Papazan and myself. You can join us there. The other option is we this year we are launching the One Thing Couples Goal Setting Master Course because we realize that 
Not everybody can make it to Austin. And we also cap the number of seats and we will sell out this year. So if you would like to take advantage of the online master course where we can be there as a virtual coach to guide you and the people who matter most to you, both options you can learn more about by going to theonething.com slash training. That's the one thing.com slash training. Or if you just look at the description below this, we are going to link directly to the three of those, the guide, the event, and the master course, direct links to each of them there. With that, let's get into this conversation with John Schumacher and Carol Stack. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like Breakfast on the Go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Before we dive into everything that has transpired over the last year, I want to give people a sense of what each of your careers have looked like up until this point. Um, so, Shoes, why don't we start with you, um, the the Reader's Digest version of your professional background, and do you consider your have you always been a goal setter? Gosh, I, I grew up in Champaign, Illinois, home of the Fighting Illini, graduated from the world's greatest university, the University of Illinois. Went into real estate as the son of two brokers, um, beginning, believe it or not, in 1978. And so for 20-some years, I had a long um, uh, sales career. In the meantime, I built up a couple of offices. I took over a large regional company. Actually went back to school about 15 years ago to get my MBA just to see what it would be like to actually go to class. And it was better. (laughs) <laughs> um, and at that time, I, I was a, uh, became a business consultant for a, uh, a national real estate company. And then uh, five or six years ago, I got a call uh, pretty much out of the blue from uh, Keller Williams. And ultimately, that led towards my role here beginning in April 2013 as a regional director for a couple of states. And, and have you always been a goal setter? I uh, have always been a goal setter. I've always been a student of organization, management, goal setting, and uh, have tweaked basically the same process for uh, literally dozens of years. And then that all changed, you know, last fall, thanks to you and some other folks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Stack, how about you? What's your background? Well, my background has been uh, my entire professional career was in public, it has been in public education. I am now retired, but, uh, I started as a teacher. Uh, did, I've done everything in public education. I've been a high school athletic director. Uh, I've been a coach. I've been a, an assistant principal. I've been a principal at both the high school and middle school levels. 
I've been an assistant superintendent. I've been a superintendent. Uh, I've been an adjunct professor, have taught classes at various universities here in Illinois. And I was very fortunate that my career had gone full circle. It was a terrific career, and I was very fortunate that I was able to retire. And goal setting is a huge part of that as well, right? Definitely. But it's it's interesting because um, even though I've had a terrific career in education and have accomplished quite a bit professionally, it was never a goal of mine to become a teacher or to go into education. When I um, was in high school, college at that time, um, or education at that time was a means uh, by which I could afford to go to college because and get away from home because they had teacher education scholarships back at that time. So, you know, I just kind of fell into education. I My background's in German and foreign languages, and I was fluent, and uh, I had a high GPA, and it just all kind of fell into place for me. But once I got into education, and I really was drawn more into it, I think that's probably when my goal-setting professionally professionally really started. One of the things we've been surprised by is, you know, I'm talking to two people who have a track record of setting goals. When you take two successful people and put them together in the form of marriage, did you ever set your goals together? John, you I'll let Stack handle that first, which is kind of how our relationship goes. I don't think we, from what I recall, that we ever sat down and wrote down goals together. I think we talked about our aspirations, our dreams, what we'd like to do. Um, We were in different places um, professionally and personally at the time that we met and then eventually got married. And I financially was in a good place. Uh, John was leaving a first marriage, coming into a, a second marriage. But I think we talked more than we ever really wrote anything down. Yet I knew at the time that he was doing personal goal setting. He was a, He's very big into journaling. And I also knew that I did my own goal setting. But together, correct me if I'm wrong, dear, I don't think we ever really sat down and wrote our goals out at that time, did we? Well, A, you've never been wrong, and B, no, we never did. Um, I think because we were so naturally compatible and both so highly professional, we just kind of supported each other and yet never really quantified with each other, you know, what our goals were, nor did we ever really have any, I'll call them negotiations, where where there might have been a gap. We just kind of worked it out as we went along. This is interesting because what I'm hearing you say, Shoes, is you and Stack were naturally compatible and that allowed you to move forward in your life together uh, to an extent. What was that ceiling of achievement that you have been hitting up against that maybe you didn't know you were hitting up against because you didn't have a more formal process to go through? I'm going to call it someday in that someday we would get our financial house in order. Someday we'd get our end of life planning together. Someday we would take vacations. Someday after we took care of our kids' education, someday after we took care of the health of our relatives and family, someday after we were done working so hard, someday after we 
both retired, we would get around to our time. And that's kind of what it felt like to me. But I also think to add on to that, um, I'm very, Jeff, very detail-oriented, very process-oriented. John thought that, for example, he was a tidy person. Well, until he met me and really knew to what extent (laughs) I can be tidy, you know. So um, I think, again, just kind of naturally, as John alluded to, you know, we had the someday we you know, we, we would, we would talk about, but I think again, being older along our personal and career path, my detail orientedness. And I, I think we, we slowly started to kind of refine that a little bit more, especially as we started talking about when he'd be able to retire and what it was our retirement would look like and what was I going to do between the time I retired and when he eventually would be be retiring. So I think some of that was going on as well. What were the things that you were consciously aware were missing from your life before you did your first goal setting retreat together? Finding time Um, together. Yeah, that's number one, right? Carol's been retired and uh, she knows that I'm not and don't have any uh, near-term objective to do that, and yet uh, we both we've been married for ten years. Later in our 11, later in our 11, lives, right? Dear, dear, eleven. It will be eleven. <laughs> it will be. It will be eleven this Saturday. Oh yay! Happy anniversary, right? Thank you. Yeah, that, Thank you. Yeah. The way this works, Jeff, is. Um, Carol makes me more responsible and I make her more fun. And that's, that's kind of the basis uh, for, for our framework together. In my organization, you know, we, we, we talk about moving from E to P, from being entrepreneurial to purposeful. And I think that's how our, that's how our goal setting uh, was. We're in a new community, right? Five years ago, we moved to Chicago and we have an entire new community of relationships and friendships. Uh, that we've left behind and need to reforge here. And those are all things that are really important to us. And, and yet my work and, and my desire to, to achieve at a high level, I'm going to say was getting in the way of some of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and kind of going back um, to time together, I know that was probably right at the top of my list because John and I dated for five years before we were married. And when we were dating one another, I met him in Champaign, Illinois, which is where I was working and he was working at the time. And I just never really thought that we'd be anywhere else other than Champaign uh, as we were headed into marriage. And then his job situation changed and he was um, out on the West Coast. He was traveling at least three weeks uh, out of every month. And so to actually say we have been apart more than together, and even when he took accepted the position with Keller Williams and he was based in Chicago, I was still in Champaign. And so him going down to Champaign, me coming up to Chicago, uh, we just had a lot of other things going on with family situations and that, I mean, it, it really took a lot for us to um, try to find time together. And then I think the other area is financially. 
you know, it was a second marriage for both of us. And John had children from his first marriage. There was college uh, that was going on and other expenses. And I never had children in my first marriage. And uh, so by the time we brought our lives together and, and were married, on John's side, he had a lot of financial recovery to make up. So that was kind of at the top of our list as well. Yeah. So you come together, you you get to hang out with Jay, myself, and over 100 other amazing people last year. What were the limiting beliefs coming into the goal-setting retreat weekend? That we were... Uh, one for me was, okay, I'm now 63 years old. I was 62 at the time, right? I came into that with a uh, with an overarching belief that it was perhaps too late in the game for me to accomplish some of the things that I had yet desired to accomplish, and that the same thing were, was true for Carol and myself. And I will say, secondly, I had a limiting belief that it was either work or leisure or learning as opposed to all three simultaneously. Hmm. How about you, and Carol? I think, for, I think for me, Jeff, I honestly didn't know what to expect. I read the book before I came down, and John tried to explain to me exactly you know, what the seminar was going to be all about and that. And I will be very honest with you, and maybe I never really articulated this to him, but in the back of my mind, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, I've been through a lot of professional development workshops and seminars in my career on time management. And, um, you know, this kind of sounds like it's going to be something along that the same line. So I don't want to say I was a doubting Thomas, you know, coming down to the seminar, but I just doubting really Thomas. didn't know how how this was going to be different from other goal setting, time management, you know, experiences that I had had. And I remember when I came to the seminar, I I can't remember exactly during the presentation, if it was you or if it was Jay who mentioned it, something about this isn't about, the one thing isn't about multitasking. Mm. And I honestly, I, I sat there and I thought to myself, Wow, you know, I thought during my career I was one of the best multitaskers around and I got a lot accomplished. But yet I can also say that as I reflect back now, and maybe I'm kind of getting away from your question here, but as I reflect back now on the experience of having been at the seminar and trying to do those comparisons of what I experienced in the way of goal setting, uh, professional development in my career and the one thing seminar that we never focused in my other experiences on really getting into what the priorities are, what the most important you know goal is that you want to have. I mean, we, we never had discussions like that in any of my other experiences. That was that was a shift for me. Mm. One of the things I remember that was that stood out for the two of you was when we walked through the goal setting process and we start with. Someday goals. Where do you want to be someday from now? And then based on that, where can you be in the next five years to feel like you're on track for the someday? The two of you had a different reaction than the majority of the people in the room. What was that? 
Right. Well, because of our age and where we're at, and I think I'm the one actually, correct me if I'm wrong, dear, but you know I'm right on this one. I turned (laughs) to him as we were sitting there and I said, you know, I don't, because we were talking about one-year goals, five-year goals, and someday goals. And I said, you know what? Five-year goals to me are my someday goals because of, you know, where we are age-wise and, you know, where we're at in our careers. And so that's how I kind of looked at the someday goals. They were my five-year goals. Shoes, I remember after the, the, probably a few months following the retreat, we had a conversation and you said a lot of things had changed fairly quickly. What happened as the result of the two of you coming together and gaining insight into what actually mattered to each other and then establishing a plan together? Uh, here's what happened. Carol um, at the workshop said, you know, five years from now, I'm going to be X years old. I need my someday to be in five years. And I said, hey, I heard Gary Keller say, you can be anywhere you want to be in five years. I'm going to take him at his word. And so we're going to make our someday goals our five-year goals. And we did that. So we actually compressed and came up with some specific goals. Not five months into the year, maybe four months into the year, it was shocking to me how much progress we had, in fact, made on um all of the major priority areas that we had set, most specifically financial. I had um, determined that the most important thing that that we could do for our financial health was for me to launch a market center. And so uh, we made that decision. Carol supported it into into that process, the opportunity to become the operating principal at um, uh, the largest uh, downtown market center, Lincoln Park, uh, basically dropped itself in my lap and I was awake to it. I'm convinced that that opportunity came about because I'd made a decision, made a plan, and, and took action on pursuing that goal. And for the majority of people listening to this who are not in the real estate world, what, is, what does it mean to be to open a market center or be an operating principal? Uh, a market center in Keller Williams, that's what we call an office. And, and the operating principal is the person that we refer to as the, uh, the, the owner. So it's my responsibility now to provide the vision, the capital, the capital and the accountability for this real estate office in downtown Chicago. Mm. What were the specific activities you started doing differently that allowed you to suddenly achieve so much in such a short period of time when both of you have a track record of achievement? For me, um, it was, A, identifying the things that matter most. At the workshop, we began with some questions like, what roles do you play in your life? Mm. What roles are missing? What roles do you need to add? Some things that I'd not considered. And we were also forced to rank those roles in, in, in a process to begin establishing what our priorities were that ultimately worked them way all the way down to, you know, the single most important goal for me, business-wise, personally, and then we did the same thing for for Carol and I. The single thing that that was different on the other side of this was that we had a process for then translating these goals into our calendars and a rhythm of accountability 
uh, both individually and, and with each other. So in the past, I've made annual goals. And at the end of the year, I pulled them out of the drawer and looked at them. This was a case of Carol, my significantly better half, saying, hey, we said in January we were going to do this. There's only one week left in January. We haven't done it. So let's put that on our schedule. But I've been harping on, John. You know, one of our goals was for this year was that we talked about we needed to finalize our end of life planning. Uh, we needed to update our wills. We needed to you know, do those things. And we haven't gotten around to it yet. So I would say to him, you need to find a time when we can get back down to our lawyer, sit down, pull out our wills, and let's go over and let's finalize that. We talked about relationships. Being up in Chicago, we are in the heart of Millennialville. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of young people everywhere around us. Even when we uh, chose our condo in which we live, We tried to find a condo that was primarily owner-based as opposed to renters because we wanted to meet other people. And, uh, you know, we kind of had a plan in terms of how we were going to meet new people and and meet other couples. We even kind of quantified that in terms of how many dates we wanted to have with couples so that we'd get out there, I mean, a minimum to get ourselves out there and meeting people because it's challenging when you live downtown and you have all all the other younger people around us. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that we're old or anything by that, by, by any means in that, but uh, you know, it's, it's not easy uh, to meet a lot of people more in your age range, especially if you don't want it to be too focused on people you work with. You want to meet other people who have other interests. So spending more time together is important to us that we were going to make sure that we had more vacations this year. Mm. And we put in, uh, in our goals, we put once a quarter, we would go on a vacation. Okay. So that was saying that we'd have a minimum of four vacations a year. And with how that's kind of evolved is we can't take long extended vacations but we focused in on having extended weekends where there might be a four-day weekend uh, and we're in getting ourselves away uh, from, from the city here. Yeah, when I think back to even our conversation last spring, Jeff, that was probably the thing that stood out most for me was the previous several years, uh, at the end of the year, when I looked back at time away, it was typically like I'd taken four days off or three days off or six days off and almost like it was a badge of honor. And uh, reflecting back, that's not what my employer, my spouse, nor myself really had intended w- with respect to what we call a living a big life. And so this past year, one of the biggest changes for us is we put our vacations in the calendar before anything else. That change would not have happened uh, unless we'd become conscious about it. And without the workshop, we would not have become conscious about uh, just making it happen. And I think one other area that in the past year has really evolved for both of us, our roles financially have been a little bit better defined in terms of, I let John focus in on um, the business, uh, working on increasing our financial wealth and, you know, talking about 
now ownership and market centers. I let him focus on all the financial things in that area as we plan for retirement. And I have pretty much taken over all the, the financial things that revolve around the house, going to him with a preliminary budget that this is how I see our expenses every month, sitting down and reviewing it. So he doesn't have to worry and be concerned with any of that so that he can focus on, on his profession, on his job. Mm-hmm. And so I think since last year that those roles have become much better defined. Yeah, and if I can add to that, at the workshop, when I, when I mentioned that there were actually some areas of negotiation, Carol basically said, hey, look, I've been doing all this financial manipulation maneuvering. I want you to sit down with me once a month to actually pay attention and go through uh, our finances so that I knew that she was taking care of them impeccably. She had a need for me to become involved and have an awareness. And so that was one of those areas of negotiation that, you know, we, we'd never talked about before. There's a lot of people who are listening to this where they're probably saying to themselves, I see the value in doing a goal-setting retreat with my plus one, and I'm not sure that they'll buy into it. How would you describe the impact that this has had in your relationship together? We'll go in order of age. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, youngster, go for it. I, for me, it's, I'm going to say it's one of the singularly best things that we've done for ourselves as a couple. It has provide, provided me and, a folk, and us with a focus. Um, we both know how have a sense of where we are going together and an actual plan for how we're going to get there. That feels awesome. And to see the rapid success that we've had in most of the areas that we set for this year, not the least of which is financially, gives me a lot of enthusiasm to keep going with the process. So I will say, uh, A, it's brought us together in terms of having a shared, a shared understanding about, about where we're going and how we're going to get there. And um, as the younger, less responsible one, it feels really responsible. <laughs> how, about, how about you, Carol? Uh, well, first of all, let's make sure anyone who's listening to this doesn't think that he's married to a cougar, okay? I mean, our age difference <laughs> is not that big of a difference. Oh, so good. Uh, okay, so, you know, I, I, I think that one of the most important things that has happened for me Again, because I started, you know, discussing early on how I'm very detail oriented. I need some predictability in my life. You know, my upbringing, what has brought me to this point in my life, I've had a lot of uncertainty with things as I've grown up, and I, I just need predictability and I, I need to have plans. I need to know how we're going to get somewhere. One of the things that has been a tremendous benefit for me is. And I just mentioned this to John the other day as I was kind of glancing uh, at our goals, is looking at the things that didn't happen 
that we set for ourselves and asking the question, why? You know, why didn't this happen? Why didn't we get to it? And to give you one specific, you know, area, you know, we had a spiritual goal. And it, it got us into the discussion of, and if this wasn't one of these things we discussed, like they counsel young couples who are planning on getting married, you know, talk about how you handle finances, talk about what religion means to you. But, you know, we, we came up with a spiritual goal together and it didn't, part of it kind of happened and the rest of it didn't happen. And yet it was, it felt very important to me. And it it just has lent itself an opportunity for us to talk about that in more depth and why Mm -hmm. it didn't happen. I mean, we've, we've had something, a couple of, of things in our goals, like for our recreation being our activity, the golf piece. And we talked about playing in a tournament together and, you know, that didn't happen. And, you know, but we had other things going in our lives that took us off track that were became more important during the year. But that spiritual one, for example, really kind of hit me like, why didn't this happen? And thinking about, do we really have to block off time on a calendar to make sure that we're going to go to church? That's deep. You know, that's a deep discussion right there. Mm-hmm. So I think. Not, I think I know that that has been just an eye opener for me because when we sat down together and we said, these are agreed upon our common, most important goals that we have for this year. And then to reflect on, you know, and well, why didn't, why didn't it happen? That was kind of an eye opener for me. Do you ever find yourself confused on which stocks you should be investing in? When's the right time to buy? When's the right time to sell? We know that investing is complicated and can be daunting even for the most sophisticated investors. But what if you could outsource the investing side and you could focus on your one thing, setting your financial goals? Emperor Investment is a new goal-oriented investment platform that helps you do just that. And it's giving you, as a One Thing podcast listener, a free six-month trial so you can see just how big of a difference their platform can make. So why should you give them a try? Well, Emperor is more of a lifestyle investment company, which means that they understand that as an investor, you have many different goals and dreams, and they're committed to helping you achieve them. All you have to do is enter the details of the goals you want to achieve into their platform, and they help create customized portfolios designed to meet your needs. These portfolios are comprised of some of the largest and best-known dividend-paying U.S. companies, so you can achieve your goals even faster. To learn more about Emperor and claim your six-month free trial, visit emperorinvests.com slash the one thing. That's emperorinvests.com slash the the one thing. And we're including a link to that in the description right below this episode. What would you say to someone who wants to do this and their other half, they're just not sure how to get them on board? What would you Well, I'm going to say we were an example of that. I think Carol was somewhat, I'm not going to say suspicious, that'd be too strong a word, I think perhaps she was coming to be supportive of me as much as to embrace the process for herself because she didn't know what it was. And quite honestly, the process will ultimately allow 
everybody, wherever they're at, to get engaged to whatever extent uh, they're comfortable. The environment, being, being in an environment surrounded by other people that want to become more, that want to hold themselves and each other accountable in a loving, supportive um, environment outside of my normal work routine was very powerful for us. And I don't know anyone that attended that didn't have that same experience wherever they were at on the, uh, on the belief scale. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's interesting also, when we attended the seminar last year, John, you may, re I'm sure you remember this also because you were with me. We were together when we were approached by at least one, maybe two individuals whose spouses did not attend with them. And they really wanted their spouse to have been there, especially after they had finished the, the two-day seminar. And they asked us the same question, you know, how do I get my spouse to join with me? you know, and experiencing something like this that would be so beneficial, you know, for us as a couple. And John's correct that, you know, probably my coming down with him this past year for the seminar was to be supportive of him as well. But the other part is I was very surprised and I thought it was great to see that the seminar, the one thing wasn't directed specifically specifically at people in the real estate field. And, you know, and being able to make it applicable and transferable to other fields, professional fields, let alone couples and doing their goal setting, you know, in their marriages and their partnerships. So I guess in the answer to your question, because I'm not giving you the Reader's Digest version here, I think number one, that if there is something that either partner feels or both people in the partnership feel is, is missing, that they're not getting ahead in certain areas of their lives as quickly as they would like to, I think, you know, John and I are kind of a living testimon testimonial that, you know, we set goals that we thought were very realistic for one year and we have far surpassed them. And I don't think there was anything magical with our professional backgrounds that made this happen. I think we were just open to what can we learn, what can we benefit from. And um, and the fact that Keller Williams, everything Keller Williams puts rolls out there. Just, you know, as somebody who's, who's not in the real estate field, it just seems to have value. There's something to walk away with to make it applicable and important in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know both of you are gearing up to do your next goal-setting retreat. Why do it again? Well, A, um, now that I have familiarity with the process, doesn't mean that I'm performing at the highest level. More weeks than not, I walk in on Monday mornings with my plan and my time blocking for the week. However, that's not 100%. B, there's some things that, um, that we didn't uh, accomplish yet. So see, this is a process. As far as I'm concerned, this wasn't a one and done. It is a new process for us, for me, with how to organize and carry out my life. I've heard in the past that people that live a life of great discipline 
ultimately have the most freedom. And that's what I want. And that's what I want for us together. So the more disciplined and focused we can become individually and together, the bigger the life that this can ultimately lead to, which is why I'm here and and what I want for myself and for us. I'm coming back because I know I can get better. I intend to. I also am excited about the other people. We've got a group of between 15 and 20 people from uh, our region that are now coming. I'm going to be excited to see what happens with them uh, going through this same process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, about you, Carol, why, why go uh, through think, this again? Well, um, first of all, from a, my, as regards my personal goal setting, one very important goal for me has been um, to find my, my purpose. You know, my career was so enriched, uh, so fulfilling. And, you know, I, everything changed for me, like I said before, when I met John initially, I thought my post-career, my retirement was going to be with him where I met him in Champaign and that together, you know, we were, were, we were going to be together in our time. I mean, everything changed when his job situation took him out of Champaign. I'm not sure I would have retired when I did, but moving up to the city, I'm still trying to find my purpose. Now, I had a goal for this year, some priorities, things that I wanted to do researching different opportunities that might interest me and identifying something that might be meaningful and uh, pursue it, which I did do in one particular area that didn't pan out, but it's still hanging out there. I, I'm, it's, so, it's so important for me for as long as, especially John's going to continue uh, working, that I've got to delve into something. So that's kind of a big personal one for me that I really need to kind of drill down more. And I think the seminar will really help me regain my focus in that area. But then insofar as our joint goals together, you know, we accomplished a lot this year, but our someday goals are our five-year goals. And I, I saw how much we accomplished together this first year. And I don't want it to slip away. I want to stay on target because we're not at our someday goals yet. Mm -hmm. And so I think the seminar for us, because of the value we have seen, what it has done for us in one year and how far we've come, I cannot even imagine in five years where we will be. It's amazing. Well, thank you to both of you for coming on and, and sharing your experience and your story. And we're looking forward to seeing you again in Austin. Great. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with John Schumacher and Carol Stack. Imagine five years from now, you are looking back on this very moment. The moment when you knew that you could be anywhere you wanted to be in the next five years. And you're celebrating because you're there. What does that look like for you? What specifically would change in your life? And what were the things that you started doing differently? We know for many of you, uh, 
you listen to the show because you're a high achiever. You listen to the show, you probably have set goals at some point in time in your life, which means you likely know what it means to set goals and then struggle throughout the year because the people that are in your environment don't actually have insight into what you want and they don't know how to support you. No one succeeds alone, yet most people try to. It doesn't have to be that way. The question is, will you make a commitment to yourself, to your future, to identify who the people are who have a stake in your success? The people, there's no way you can succeed if they are not bought in on some level. A significant other, a business partner, your team, your boss, your friends. Who are those people? And what would a conversation look like so that you could explore if this is something you'll do together? If you'd like to bring the goal setting retreat into your life, again, you have three options. First, you can download the kick ass guide to your couple's goal setting retreat by going to the one thing.com and clicking on free stuff. And if you want to do this at the highest level, consider joining us in Austin for the One Thing Couples Goal Setting Retreat. We are facilitating by going to the onething.com slash event, or you can learn about the master course if you cannot join us in Austin by going to the onething.com slash training. All three of these are in the description below this episode with direct links, so you can just click it and it will take you there. We thank you for listening to this episode. And if this has helped you, please leave us a rating and review. It helps more people reach the show and we love to see your thoughts. They come to us automatically. So thank you again. We really appreciate you and we look forward to being with you in the next episode.